0: Welcome into Hate the Player, Not the Game. Got a packed show for you today. Going to be talking some college football from last week. Some college football coming up this week. Uh, some MLB action. Some uh, NBA Finals talk with the Lakers taking a decisive Game 1 victory over the Miami Heat. But first of all, let's go to our Top story this morning out of the USL late last night where the San Diego Loyal FC walked off the field in protest after a player on the Phoenix Rising allegedly used a very anti-gay slur um, and directed it at Colin Martin of the San Diego Loyal who is uh, openly homosexual. So, obviously, not the best look for the USL. Um, but uh, they're going to be investigating it. Um, we'll say definitely the right move from the San Diego Loyal to uh, protect their player like that. It's good to know that the organization has been fully supportive of the actions of the team here are kind of would not have it any other way because I mean this is just not not a fun time for anybody in the uh, San Diego loyal uh, franchise right now. Having a player um, having a player singled out like that and really use a very derogatory slur And so um, this isn't the first time it's happened to the San Diego loyal. Sadly, it actually happened last match where a uh, Galaxy Two player, um, on the basically the minor league team of the LA Galaxy, an LA Galaxy player, used the N word in direction of a loyal, of a San Diego loyal player who was black, and then this week there's a player on an opposing team that used an anti-gay slur against somebody who is openly gay. Um, just like these, neither of these things have any place in sports at all. It's really sad that it was ever said. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say because this just doesn't have a spot in any game, and it's sad that it's happened twice to a team. But I'm very happy that the San Diego loyal and especially Coach Landon Donovan, who with his time on the San Jose Earthquakes, I'm, you know, not too positive on him. But uh, he he made the right move. Um, he had a heated conversation with um, with the coach of the Phoenix Rising, um, who uh, said that it was just a part of the game. And then, um, yeah, and then they just walked off the field. ...which is certainly a way to get your statement known. Um, yeah, it'll be an interesting time to see the fallout from this. Um, see the investigation into it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have to see what happened. Hopefully it is just a misunderstanding and there wasn't actually a slur said. Um I'm not sure that'll be the way. Looks like Junior Fleming has identified himself as the player accused. So, I mean, hope for the best, and that's just a misunderstanding. But in times like these where xenophobia is everywhere in the world, um, it's good to see the San Diego loyal making a stand like that. All right, now that... We have talked about that. Let's get into some college football recaps. So, starting off with some American Athletic Conference. Number 13, UCF took down unranked ECU, 51-38. to 38. Um, UCF, uh, this, this score is a little misleading. They only scored seven in the first quarter. Um, they really had a hard time with the ECU's defense there, but... You know, Dylan Gabriel, of course, came out, proved himself, proved to uh, everybody why he's considered one of the best QBs to ever grace that program uh, with 408 yards, four touchdowns, and a 73.1 QBR. Um, on the opposite side, things, a QB that I'm usually very, uh, very fond of, uh, really like seeing him play, holding Owlers. Had a rough game, 215 yards and three touchdowns. Um, so with that score, you would think that UCF had a bad defensive performance, but that's that has a lot to do with garbage time. Um, score is going to say otherwise because they took out their first-string defense, but the first-string defense was having a great day against the ACU before the game got really out of hand. All right, moving on. Uh, the triple option got rebooted in Cincinnati Ohio as number 14 Cincinnati took down number 22 Army 24 to 10 so yeah not the best day for the triple option they started out the game with a uh with the touchdown drive and then never got back to the end zone for the rest of the game um Yeah, I think this really comes down to a good defensive performance to really stop Army's offense before they could get going. And also, just Desmond Ritter did a fantastic job of controlling the time of possession. Because, I mean, he only went for 258 yards passing and two touchdowns. But against Army, and if you do that in a uh, certain way, that's going to really affect Army's ability to run the football. Which... Clearly, Cincinnati did by getting a 14-point victory beating the spread. Um, Very excited about the Cincinnati team. They got a tough schedule, but it'll be very fun to see them play as they get further into the season. Fingers crossed that both them and UCF are still undefeated by the time that matchup comes at the bounce house in Orlando, Florida. Because that will be a very, very fun game to watch. All right, moving on. Tulane destroyed Southern Mississippi to the tune of 66-24. Um, Tulane had 430 yards and seven touchdowns rushing. You're not going to win a game if you're Southern Mississippi when you're allowing that, clearly. Um, just a field day by Tulane on the ground. All right, SMU beat Stephen F. Austin 50-7 to 7 in Dallas. So SMU's really getting those train wheels off. They have a tougher game coming up this week. But, good performance by Shane Bouchot and uh, hopefully SMU can carry that into this week's match against Memphis. All right, coming close to home, just a mile away from KCOU Studios, number two Alabama took down Mizzou 38-19. So, Mac Jones looked really good, 250 yards passing and limited play time. Um... Yeah, I'm starting to I'm starting to agree that he could be a good quarterback. I think people are expecting him to immediately be as good as Tua Tagovailoa and uh, Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's going to be that. I think he's going to be more of a long term project. But I mean, he had a good performance. He's what Bama needs right now. Um, Missouri did not look as nearly as bad as I thought they would. Um, yeah, they uh, they kept. They kept Bama at bay for the most part on offense. Again, Bama wasn't really pushing that hard later into the game. Um, Mizzou's offense definitely was having a tough time in the first half. But, um, yeah, the all-ICC schedule is going to be tough for them, especially with the teams they're playing. But, who knows, just need to keep improving over the year. All right, number three, Oklahoma lost to Kansas. State in Norman at home. Second year in a row that Oklahoma has lost to Kansas State as a very highly ranked team. Uh, Just horrific. Um, I mean, yeah, Spencer Euler, he had 375 yards passing. Very to see if he gives actual performance. He was basically dead in the water in the second half. It was insane to see such a hyped... Quarterback at Spencer Rattler just really have nowhere to go, nowhere to hide. Um, Kansas State had that 24 point run to come back, um, unanswered 24 points. Yeah, just a great performance by the Wildcats to come back. Um, I will say people have been pointing at Kansas State's quarterback, but what I want to point out is uh, Deuce Bond, who's a wide receiver, freshman, true freshman, wide receiver. For Kansas State, he had 129 yards and a touchdown to lead Kansas State. Um, anytime you're going to get that out of a true freshman, you know you're you have a good player on your hands. Um, I'm really excited to see what he does in future years. Hopefully, he uh, keeps this going for the rest of the year because honestly, Oklahoma's defense pretty suspect. Um, one of the better ones in the Big 12. Funny enough, because the Big 12 never known for defense. So obviously, this is going to be rough for Oklahoma's season, especially with it being so shortened. Um, they're on a tight leash now. They dropped far in the rankings. Um, obviously, this is going to be looked at as a very bad loss. Um, I think it. Basically, de facto, removes them from college football playoff contention, honestly. Because, just with the way the schedules are playing and how good the SEC is, I don't think they'll get in with one loss. Especially with this being their one loss. Because this was a bad loss, Kansas State. Alright, finally. Let's look at Mississippi State, 44. Number 6. LSU, 34. What the hell? Um... I mean, I think what happened in this game is people just underrated Mike Leach and KJ Costello, the transfer quarterback from Sanford. Um, I mean, watching KJ Costello at Sanford, I knew they had something good going for them. Um, just because I he was good, he was great at Sanford um in his one or two years playing there. And then he uh, he you know goes to Mississippi State. Out of nowhere, I thought it was going to be a bad move. Of course, Mike Leach being there um, really helped him. The air raid forked in the SEC for at least one game. Uh, the Bulldogs just dominated the game. But, I mean, people didn't expect LSU to be too good this year. But this is rough. This is really bad. Uh all right, moving on to more Big 12 action. Texas beat Texas Tech 63-56 to 56 in overtime. So Texas was down a lot heading into the fourth quarter, but they had a comeback, and they got the win in overtime. A good one! Yikes. Um, Sam Ellinger really was the key to that success, though. So he had 262 yards passing on 40 attempts, which doesn't look that good on paper, but he did have five touchdowns and did look good. Out on the field, Texas's defense though looking pretty sus. All right, finally the last game I will talk about before we head to break. Number ten, Miami took down Florida State fifty-two to ten. People, because of this game, have been getting way too high uh, on Miami. Um, they just need to calm down. Manny Diaz, he's he's a fraud. <laughs> um. Well, not a fraud in the sense of, like, what you, people usually say. I think people get too hyped about Manny Diaz all the time. Um, they need to play somebody good in the ACC before I trust that they're good, as good as they looked against Florida State. Because Florida State is not good this year at all. The, the damage done by Willie Taggart to that program was unimaginable. Um, I will say, though, Derek King, exactly what Miami needed. Um it's not that he's been fantastic. He's been he's been good, but he's been just reliable and consistent. And for a team that has struggled behind center for a while, like Miami has and really getting that piece, having a consistent quarterback who always produces is almost better than having a having a great one who, you know, very up and down like they've had in the past. So Miami wins that game, continue to rise in the rankings. I would put a halt to all of the things people are saying. They've really the best scene they've been so far is Louisville. I don't think Louisville is that good to be honest, but who knows? Who really knows anymore? All right, so we're going to go to break. After the break, college football preview. Thank you for listening all right, to you. Eighty eight point or nothing game. KCOU. It is 925 in the morning. Got some college football preview coming up for you now. So, number 22, BYU takes on Louisiana Tech tomorrow in Provo, Utah. So, BYU is favored by 20. Watch this game, though, because Zach Wilson, great quarterback. Fantastic quarterback. Um, 624 yards to his name so far this season. Um I will say he hasn't been playing those full games. Um, but uh, Louisiana Tech has been having a good year. But again, BYU, it's fantastic this year. I'd watch this game if just to see BYU's offense in work because they really have something going for them down in Provo. Or should I say, still west in Provo. Um, all right, number three, Florida, tries to keep their ranking. This high against South Carolina and Gainesville, um, I'm really starting to get on the Kyle Trask bandwagon. Um, yeah, uh, seeing all the Florida fans really swoon over him this uh, this summer kind of made me a little standoffish about him. But he's been a he's been he's been pretty good so far in that one game they had against Ole Miss. Um, they need a. Much better rushing attack against South Carolina. Um, but South Carolina, they're not going to be that good this year. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know what else to say. They weren't a good program last year. I don't think they're going to be a good program again. Um, Cone Hill was slightly better than I thought it would be against Tennessee, I guess. But yeah, this is going to be a bad, a, a rough game for the Gamecocks. Right. Number 21 Tennessee gets to face your Mizzou Tigers in Knoxville. Um Tennessee, I think I still need to see more from them. They have a long winning streak, the longest in the SEC actually. But man, I'm just going to stay skeptical for a while. Um the is defense going to have to be the key. Um obviously offense then it's not going to I mean, the offense is in a clear transition. We have two they have two quarterbacks right now, Robinson and Basil, like sharing it. Um, so I think this is going to be a closer game than people think. Tennessee's like fourteen point favorites, at least two scores. I know that. Um, I think it's going to be better than that, but I uh, Garantano a good game. That was, of course, a joke on Garantano's name, and I will see myself out. All right. Number two, two, Alabama faces off with Texas A&M, who find themselves ranked 13th in this weird-as-heck season. So, I think this could be a good game. It's going to be a Bama win. Um, 17.5, 17.5 point spread. So, that's uh, bad odds for Texas A&M. I think they could make it competitive, but this... Uh, this is going to go Bama's way. I don't see any other way. Um, I mean, at home in Tuscaloosa uh, against Texas A&M, who they've only lost to once um, ever. I think this is going to be a good one for Alabama. And they expected, but still, sad loss for Texas A&M. All right, the big game this week, though. Number four, Georgia, faces number seven, Auburn, in Athens, Georgia. Um... This game seems early in the year. This is actually about the time that it would usually go on. Maybe a little bit later. Um, But, yeah, Bo Nix really continues to prove his worth to me still. Um, one of the best quarterbacks in at least the SEC, in my opinion. Um, So, Georgia, they played deceptively bad against Arkansas last week. I think in that first half, if uh, Arkansas wasn't as bad as they are, uh, that would have been a bad time for Georgia. Um, so Auburn's obviously going to need a good performance from Nick. But except for that, should be a fun enough game. I'm going to actually go against the spread and take Auburn in this game. All right, moving on to some AAC action. Number 25, Memphis gets to shake off the party bus covid And take on 3-0 SMU. So, SMU really hasn't played too many good teams yet. They did have that close call against Texas State. But then, Simon then proceeded to really hand it to North Texas and Stephen F. Austin in agony. Um, Memphis has rest from that party bus incident. Um, Yeah, Memphis is favored in this one. Especially after last year. I think... After being on the sidelines for so long, I think SMU is going to take this. Because SMU has really tuned themselves up. And this is the game SMU has been looking forward to since their game last year. Um, I think this is going to be a fantastic game for SMU. And I think they'll take this one. All right. So, number 18, Oklahoma. Yes, they dropped to number 18, They got rid of one nightmare in K-State and gets their other nightmare in Iowa State. So, Iowa State, they did lose to Louisiana earlier this year by a lot. At least three scores, if I recall. Um, They looked competent against TCU last week, though. So, I mean, they could play good. Uh, Spencer Rattler should have a better game. But, I mean, maybe Kansas State really starts to affect him and... Yeah, I just don't know. I really don't know about Spencer Rattler anymore. All confidence I had in him, which wasn't a lot. It's completely gone after that performance against K-State. All right, finally, moving on to the opening of the newly named Bounce House. Yes, uh, UCF renamed Spectrum Stadium to the Bounce House officially now. Uh, number 11 UCF faces Tulsa. And The Golden Hurricane, um, Dylan Gabriel against a fir- versus a good front seven. Hell yeah, Zach Smith versus UCF defense. Oh no, um, yeah, that's a weird matchup there. Um, Zach Smith really thrives on going through the secondary, and UCF has a fantastic secondary. I think it's gonna be really rough for Tulsa on that side of the ball. Um, UCF as twenty one point favorites should be fine and come away with. A good victory and revenge for last year's loss to Tulsa in Oklahoma. Um, yeah, that really completely derailed their season last year. So hopefully for the Knights, they get revenge for that. And then finally, we have reached the end in Clemson. Number one faces Virginia in an ACC Conference Championship game rematch. Trevor Lawrence. Had a great season this year so far. He's really haven't played anybody, but he's having a good season, I guess. The ACC is not very good. I would say their third best team is Miami right now, and that says something because Miami's looking really suspect. Um, Travis Etienne could be better, but, uh, I mean, he hasn't gotten that many opportunities. He'll get that chance Saturday. And it's crazy considering this was the ACC championship game last year. Clemson has a 98% chance to win, according to FBI, the Football Power Index. That is rough for Virginia. But for Clemson, I will say this probably will be their first opportunity to see if, they, uh, if they're if going to be good because they really haven't played too many good teams yet. So depending on how this game goes, I might finally have a lot of faith in them. <laughs> uh comparatively to where they were in 2018 when they beat Alabama to take home the college football playoff national championship about 15 minutes away from me in Santa Clara, California. Alright, that's all I have for college football after the break MLB wildcard series which is a deceptively named series. Uh, That's going crazy. Um, Sadness of the Minnesota Twins. And, uh, yeah, we'll get more into that in the NBA Finals after this break. Thank you for listening to KCOU 88.1 FM. Look at me. All right, welcome back. We are going to quickly talk about some MLB action. So, we had a fantastic slate of games yesterday. Um we had three teams being eliminated, three teams of course, I mean, moving on. Um and we had one fantastic pitchers duel in Atlanta. I'm going to start with that. That was actually the first game of the day. The Braves took down the Reds one to nothing, in 13 innings after Freddie Freeman, singled home, a winning run. Really should have been walked. He's going to be the NL MVP, and the Reds let him bat with the base open, which is shocking and a bad decision. Even A-Rod knew that was a bad decision, and the Reds still made it. Um, That was never going to go their way. We'll say, though, Max Freed, Trevor Bauer, Fantastic pitching performance by both of them here, and that was a great game to watch. But I know all of the Braves fans are going to be ecstatic about that win. All right, the Astros swept the Twins three to one. Won't get, not going to talk about this too much. Uh, Minnesota, my heart really goes out to them, man. Um, now nah, being a fan of a lot of teams that like to choke a lot. I mean, considering I'm a fan of the Atlanta Falcons, but this is just really rough with their recent performance in the playoffs. Um, Hopefully they turn it around sometime. At least they'll have those World Series wins to look back on, I guess. But, yeah, that's still very rough. But Houston advancing. They will actually play in Dodger Stadium against the winner of the White Sox A-Series. Let's get to that now. Um, The A's ended up winning Game 2 to tie it 1-1 to against the White Sox. The one American League series going to three games. Um, Yeah, they forced Game 3 behind a great performance from Chris Bassett and a rare bullpen almost explosion. Um, They were very close to losing it in the top of the ninth, um, but ended up getting out of it after some very lucky play by Jake Dykeman um, after Liam Hendricks came in and really had a rough go of things. He was never really that sharp in the game. But, I mean, these teams are only one game apart in the terms of standings. But the White Sox are a seven seed just because of how stacked the AL Central is. The White Sox see one AL Central team left standing though, so. we will be a fun time watching Game 3. Winner take all in Oakland tonight though, so make sure to watch that um, 2003 is repeating itself. The Miami Marlins took down the Chicago Cubs 5-1. Uh, Corey Dickerson hit a great three-run homer. Um, yeah, Cubs fans won't be happy about this. They're going to freak out on Twitter. I'm going to love all of it. Um, Miami, I think, will probably win this series after this game. Uh, they certainly have a better chance of winning 1-2 and two than they had of winning 2-3. and three. Um, Yeah, it'll just depend on their pitching performance, but the Cubs just could not get it going on offense at all. And when you have a lineup as well-paid as the Chicago Cubs are, that's unacceptable. All right. So, next game up, we had the 1v8 seed in the AL. Looks like a 1v8 seed matchup as the Rays took down the Blue Jays 8-2 to take Game 2 and the series behind a Hunter Renfro Grand Slam. Not that Hunter Renfro. Baseball Hunter Renfro. And uh, yeah, the top-seeded Rays won a postseason series for the first time in a while. They will be heading to the ALDS against the New York Yankees. We'll get to that game in a second. But yeah, just a good performance by them all around. Have a good time in San Diego up and coming this week. And uh, yeah, very excited to see where the race can go. All right. Moving back on to mentioning the Yankees, they took a 10 to 9 win in the ninth inning um, with DJ LeMahieu hitting a tie-breaking single to uh, get rid of Cleveland's Brad Hand to take down the Cleveland Indians. Of course, Cleveland being the second place uh, NL Central, AL Central team, and the Yankees being the second place in an AL East team. That means that the Yankees will not have to play the race in San Diego. We'll say probably lucky for them that they don't have to play in Tropicana, but still not the best time. Um, Yeah, not much else to say here. The Yankees did uh, have a great offensive performance late in the game to come back and uh, win it, and now they get rewarded by having a few days off. All right. been talking about San Diego. A lot. So time to actually go to Petco Park, where the St. Louis Cardinals took down the San Diego Padres seven to four. So even though the San Diego Padres have been hyped to hell and 37 and 23 on the season, they lose here seven to four. Paul Goldsmith had a great two-run home run. Chris Paddock after his bad performance in San Francisco past weekend. Had a bad performance again this weekend, this week against St. Louis. Um San Diego up against the ropes. I think St. Louis is just gonna get rid of them. San Diego's had a rough time with injuries, but I mean future, of course, looking bright down in very, very Southern California, basically Mexico. Okay. Finally, we have the Milwaukee Brewers who are 29-31. Facing the Los Angeles Dodgers, 43 17. Not surprising that it went the Brewers' way, I mean, the Dodgers' way, uh, after a, you know, very, very tight performance actually. But Corey Seager got it done for the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, looking to close that series out and then. Go and head to Arlington to face the winner of Cardinals Padres. Um, yeah, and it's looking like luckily for the Dodgers that they won't have to contend with the Cubs. Or maybe even the Braves, depending on how that Reds Braves series goes. But that's all I have for the MLB uh, ceiling signs. Um... Yeah, not going to talk about the San Francisco Giants because I don't want to scream on air. But thank you for listening. Make sure to stay tuned after this break to hear what I think about the NBA Finals. Thanks for listening. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here. All right, welcome back to 8 hey, the Player Not the Game. Got our last quick segment here uh, looking in the general direction of the NBA Finals. Wow, can't believe it's finally here. Um, yeah, it turns out Anthony Davis can play very good in the finals 34 points in his finals debut. Uh, people were suspecting he could, would not be the best. He turned that around and uh, really. I don't know. Prove people wrong. Really. Um... This really comes down to, um... They, that run in the third quarter. But, man, this is, a Bad bad time for the Heat, though, because of uh, injuries. I mean, Bam Adebayo left with a shoulder strain in third quarter. Goran Dragic got a left foot injury. Jimmy Butler rolled his left ankle pretty badly. Um... That's always going to be rough. Um, but, yeah, that left shoulder injury to Bam Adebayo is going to hurt Miami a lot. I think this is the Lakers' series to lose even more than it was now. Because a hurt Iobayo, he sets the tone on defense completely for the Heat. And they're not very good on defense. So, if you lose him, uh, they're even worse. So, yeah, that's very bad consequence for the Miami Heat. Hopefully they'll keep getting it going. Um Good performance by the Lakers though. Um they really just uh, bullied Miami the whole game. Uh which really the Royal Players in my opinion. Um yeah. Uh after, you know, Fray John Rondo, KCP continuous Caldwell Pope and Alex Caruso, uh Danny Green uh, you know, had a good game. Um, Yeah, they're really just continuing to uh, thrive. If the world players go cold, though, that's going to spell a lot of trouble for the Lakers, but obviously they didn't. When you have LeBron, in, especially in the finals, you were relying on good shooters, and that's what the Lakers had this past game. Yep, but um, as it is now all of my predictions are going to be based off the Heat's either having everybody healthy or hurt. I think if the Heat have everybody healthy, they can definitely push this series to six or seven. I'm not sure if it would go their way then, but they have a puncher's chance. Um, if people are hurt, this is going to go the Lakers way in five, I'm going to say, just because of how good Anthony Davis has been lately at scoring and how hot the Lakers have been, but if they lose Goran Drogic and Bam Adebayo, they're they're done. It's going to be a very rough time for the Heat. But, that is all I have for looking at the general direction of the NBA, and all I have for hate the player, not the game. Remember that Manny Diaz is sus. Make sure to watch out for him. All right, thank you for listening. Make sure to stay